This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how that music used to make me smile. And I knew if I had my chance that I could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while. But February made me shiver with every paper I'd deliver. Bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Uh, Our guest probably hears this song in his sleep. I am guessing there's not a day that has gone by over the last half century where someone hasn't brought up a discussion of this song in some form or another. You know, there's a lot of things that change about the music business. Uh, The sensibilities and the tastes of the public change uh, the different styles of music that musicians uh, perform for the public change uh, one thing that has not changed over the last half century is that if you're a musician even a professional musician it's very difficult to have one hit song it's very difficult to get a song that people actually know and immediately respond to it's difficult to get a song that's played on the radio just once what is almost impossible is to create a classic song that endures for decades that has two and a half generations all memorizing the lyrics to it well don mclean has done uh, just that yeah you know him as a legendary singer songwriter and guitarist and it seems like interest in that song american pie is even though the song has been out for 50 years it's now at an apex and more people are talking about that song now than ever gives me a great deal of pleasure to welcome a legendary singer songwriter guitarist musician Don McLean, somebody I happen to be a huge fan of. Don, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. It's a real treat. Oh, what a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here to talk to you. Uh, Don, obviously you're incredibly proud, I have to think, of the remarkable success uh, that that song, American Pie, has has had. And uh, it's one of the top five songs in just about every Hall of Fame, everybody's chart. But is there any part of having a song that that's that popular and having people ask you about it for a half century that ever gets irritating or annoying? Do you ever say, Oh, I wish people would ask me about something else. Well, I suppose it's like being in the Beatles or something, you know, Paul McCartney, all he does is answer questions about, you know, John Lennon, you know, that's just the nature of, of overwhelming success, but everybody knows that he has, so many other things that he's done. People know me. Mm. They know what I've done. They know And I Love You So, Castles in the Air, Vincent. They know my songs. But they just can't help themselves. <laughs> you know, they, they get me around and they want to they talk about that song. And I'm fine with it. You know, I realize that uh, that's how it is. I remember when I was I first met Johnny Cash, I asked him why he wore black. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> I should write a song about all the things people ask me. You know, like that. I mean, first he tried to tell me that but he's been asked that a million times, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, we don't realize that. 
and I, I, I understand that. Well, so count me among those that uh, that is in the conventional wisdom category and wants to ask you about this song. Um, obviously, sure. the the lyrics tell a great story, also kind of a sad story. A- anytime you have a song that play that has uh, the death of a music legend like Buddy Holly playing such a prominent part in the lyrics, it, you know the tone that the song is going to take. In, I mean, you're, in your view, you're the guy that would know. What is the song about overall? Well, I just want to say one thing before I answer that question. You know, um, music today is very much like movies are today. Um, a lot of, 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 of loud blasting and blowing things up and guns and you know, all that stuff are in movies primarily, and the music is all very loud and bombastic, and there's not a lot of of, of, of music anymore that has any kind of um, character development where you talk about a story or a, a person or whatever. Um, this is this is in a sense what's good about uh, Taylor Swift and her her songs that they're personal songs, but they're um, they're not, and yet she's able to do other songs that, you know, are, are, are dance tunes and, and put on this incredible show that she can do. But I think that, you know, that's, that's the way things have changed. It's, it's just a lot of sensory assault is going on now rather mm. than, than be- beautiful music and ideas and the use of language. This is, this is what the Beatles did. It's what Dylan did. It's what I do. Um, and uh, certainly it's what songwriters did in the past, Irving Berlin and George Gershwin and people like that. Beautiful music and beautiful lyrics and, and ideas. Uh, that's that's all been paved over, you know, with a lot of noise and bombast, and the same thing goes true for the movies. So... It's just a whole different world, but it, 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 luckily for me, you know, I was able to get my licks in years ago and, and it stayed. So there's a kind of a glass ceiling up there and above that ceiling, uh, songs and records and artists who are in that category stay are, are eternal. And the ones down below are trying desperately to survive, you know, and it's a very, very rough business to even make a living. And I was, you know, I, I I want to say one more thing, and that it's it's very hard to write even a bad song. You know, if you were to find a person on the street and say, "Write me a song about your 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 son or your daughter," they couldn't do it. Right. right. So even if a person can write a bad song, if they keep working at it, they might write a good one. You know. We're talking with Don McLean, the uh, legendary singer, songwriter, and guitarist responsible for American Pie. Uh, We'll tell you about some of the things that are happening with American Pie uh, these days, which are substantial. That song, when it when it came out, was over eight and a half minutes long. I, I have to think every music consultant, every radio DJ, every program director was saying you can't put a song out on the radio that's this long. Did you have a lot? of pressure to cut the length of that song and not put out a song that was that length no i didn't have any nobody nobody put pressure on me when i 
signed a contract. I, I had the right to do anything I wanted to do. Um, lots of acts were making long songs and short songs, and it was a very free, creative time. You know, we had all these great rock and roll groups, the, you know, the Led Zeppelin and the Who and the Beatles, and we had Dylan, and we had all sorts of other writers, and so nobody was telling anybody what to do anymore. That was a studio system. That's the thing we mm. we sloughed off. We didn't want any part of that. So we did what we wanted to do. And it was a very creative time. And some people, like uh, Carol King, wrote hits. You know, she wrote hits. And other people, like myself, wrote their own inventions. There's no song like Vincent. It's never happened right. since. Right. There's no song like Crossroads or Sister Fatima or The Grave. It never happened because I don't write hits. I write – and so when the thing came out, uh, the record company, they didn't ask me. They just cut it down to three minutes and put it on the radio, <laughs> and it became number one. And then then people called up and said, well, that's not the song. The song's eight and a half minutes. So they started playing the eight-and-a-half-minute version when they would play the top ten. I don't know how that happened exactly, because that must have been a shock to go from three minutes to eight-and-a-half on the radio, but they did it. And then it, that became the number one, and that's the one that Taylor Swift uh, superseded with her latest the hit record. You, the new there's an, a version of American Pie that came out last year, an acapella version which is just so right. beautiful that features yeah. you and Home Free. Um, first of all, yeah. it's amazing that your voice has, sounds the same now as it did in the early 1970s. But second, tell tell folks about this particular version of American Pie, wh- how this collaboration with Home Free came to be. Again, uh, this came out of Nashville, um, and they were they were doing some things with other artists. They like to do you know songs that everybody knows, and it was suggested that they do American Pie. And they're they've, they're also going to try a shot at Vincent now. I, I recorded something for them when I was in Nashville. Great. We'll see if they can do that. But um, they did the whole thing. The eight and a half minutes. You know, usually they don't they don't. Do that, and it worked out beautifully. And then they came to California and um, put me in their video, and uh, the, the the video ended up being the number one video for eight weeks on Taste of Country. So that just landed in our laps, and they did a great job. They're great guys, and they are. They've been going for a long, long time out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, for many, many years. And I guess not the same personnel all the time, but uh, they're a really good producer, too, who does good work. So we had a lot of fun with that. You know, the world now, you mentioned the changes in the movie business in addition to music. One of the changes in how people consume media is that it seems like anything worth watching is on some sort of a streaming uh, platform. And you have to have six or seven of them because they all have one thing that you want to watch. So before you know it, you've got you've got five things. You've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, uh, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got this, you've got that. And uh, one network that has just exploded in terms terms of uh, quality content options these last couple of years, including the new Star Trek shows and The Offer, which is about the making of The Godfather, which has uh, gotten a lot of great reviews, is Paramount Plus. Well, beginning on July 19th, 
there is uh, the day the music died, the story of Don McLean's American Pie available exclusively on Paramount Plus. What's this all about? What are folks going to learn in seeing this documentary? Well, they're going to be like a birdie perched on my shoulder uh, from the time I I was born, really, through my formative years, discovering the plane crash, uh, having that with me for many years before I finally um, wrote this song about America, which I'd been thinking about for years. It really took over 10 years to write American Pie, if you really want to get serious about it, because it was, I think about things a lot, and and I don't do things until I've I'm I'm ready and I did many other things, you know, before I got around to that, but yeah, it's all in the, in the movie. And, uh, really I'm an observer of everything. I'm not a part of it. You know, I wasn't at Woodstock and, uh, I was never on the cover of Rolling Stone. In fact, Rolling Stone tried to ruin me, uh, after that song became famous. They act, ab- absolutely went after me and tried to destroy my career. They failed, and um, what, what was the reason for that? What, what, why did Rolling Stone uh, uh, have an agenda to go after you? They didn't like they whatever reasons. You know, they don't like they like people, and they don't like other people. And um, they felt that I was um, uh, I don't know what they felt, but they wrote a, a terrible review of the first three albums I made in an effort to shut me down. And um, it did set me back for a while, but I kept on and kept going, as I always have, and uh, many more things happen. And as far as I know, Jan Winter doesn't own Rolling Stone anymore, and uh, they're kind of out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so I guess I outlived the sons of bitches. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know why, but I do know this, that I, nobody has written songs the way I wrote them ever since. You know, if you look at my catalog of songs, whether it's Vincent or Castles in the Air or And I Love You So, nobody writes songs like that. And I'm I am bragging, yes, because I I I I have had to pay for that. You know, I have it has not been easy. You know, uh, I don't write one kind of song. I write many different kinds of songs, and I've had to pay for that. And um, But it's been worth it, you know, because I did what I wanted to do. I did and rather than something that was just a commercial, commercially expedient. Mm-hmm. And that would have been, I think, terrible. I, I wouldn't have wanted to, to look at myself. I'm 76 years old, look back and say, oh, Look at all that crap I had to sing. I mean, look what Elvis Presley had to sing, you know, to be in those stupid movies. And it killed him. (laughs) You know, I mean, he couldn't – at least they should have given him the opportunity to choose 10 songs for the dumbass movie that he was making. And at least he would have sung them and he would have made good albums, you know. Take one song by some writer. But, you know, no, they made him sing this garbage, and he did it. You know, and he, he regretted doing it. I don't have that regret. Well, and I'll tell you, even Elvis may have regretted it, but even the garbage that he sang in a lot of those pictures, I, I think still a lot of it is pretty catchy, even if it was done with uh, with a gun to his head. Uh, you mentioned that was Johnny. That Elvis's genius. That was his mm. genius. He could make anything. 
I used to work with the Jordanaires. You're going to have to bleep this, but uh, you know, Gordon Stoker would say he'd hold a piece of music and he'd say, "What the hell are we going to do with this piece?" Of mm. You know, <laughs> and then they do something with it and they get rock a hooly baby, and you know, it would be a hit. I mean. Uh, believe me i could talk with you all day i know you're on a tight uh, schedule as well but i do have to ask you you mentioned uh, johnny cash and the question that everybody would ask him and you were part of the everybody in asking why he wore black uh one thing that i did not realize is that um you sang um lovesick blues in johnny cash's house and then he yeah. wrote the song i wish i could yodel after hearing yeah. you sing that yeah, I was a yodeling fool when I was young, man. I used to love to yodel. <laughs> and uh, so I sang, I'm feeling called the blues since my baby said goodbye. You know, I sang the hell out of that. And um, Cash wrote a song, I Wish I Could Yodel. And it was funny because he was just a deep voice guy. But he was he was a gentle, sweet man, and he was very funny. Um, but he was troubled. You know, you could see he was he was working hard all the time. Those guys were... You know, I mean, you look at Elvis or, or Johnny Cash or even or Buddy Holly, you go around where they live and you see nothing but cotton fields, man. You know, so these guys are going to drive a truck or be in a cotton field. And when they get a chance to make, you know, five or $10,000 a night, they don't want to miss a lick, you know. And so they start doing the pills and everything else. And the, they don't know how to tour uh, in, in a smart way because they just can't say no to all that money. You know, uh, after 50 million albums sold, after uh, 50 years of uh, of incredible musical success, the likes of which most musicians can only dream of, uh, you are doing something that I just love, and you're honoring veterans on your current 50th anniversary tour. And if somebody wants to uh, make a contribution to allow a veteran and his or her guest to attend one of your upcoming shows, they can go to your website, donmcclain.com. But uh, before I let you go, uh, I did see something that I thought was just so creative and so interesting, which was a fable involving a newspaper boy, uh, Don McLean's American Pie, The Fable. What is this? I, I absolutely love this because yeah, I'm so, a, sort of a... It's a children's book, and it takes a, a cue from my life. I was... Uh... A paper boy, uh, and I—that's I, how I discovered about the death of Buddy Holly, and uh, and so uh, Judy Proffer wrote the book, and with my interviews, Don McLean. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being so generous with your time. I enjoy talking to you very much. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Be sure to check out this particular documentary on Paramount Plus beginning July 19th. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 